everyone, this is No Harm Done, a podcast about improving and exploring, understanding and getting on with healthcare safety and quality. I am Kathy Jones and I'm here with Kathy Balding. We're your host today. Hello, Jones, and may I say happy 10th episode to you. <laughs> hey, it is the 10th episode. It's very exciting. And the Christmas bonus episode. We did it. <laughs> we did a whole year. Do we retire happy now, Jones? Oh, we've got another happens? year. Another year to go. Another year. All right. Yep. Okay. Back by popular demand. Ten a year. That's our KPI. Our own popularity. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if anyone out there thinks so, but we'd like to come back, <laughs> wouldn't we? We enjoy it. So let's uh, let's do it. Yeah, that's Sounds it's good. it's good. It's it's great that we have ten under our belt. It is, yep. it's, and it's been really fun. Mm. Yeah, and and Definitely. we've got lo- lots of really lovely people out there who give us fantastic feedback. So thank you once again. And today's episode is. Actually actually called, I'm going to give you the name of it and then we'll explain it later. It's called By the Book. What have you been up to lately? Oh, I've been tackling corporate accreditation. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Three-day on-site visit for our company, for HealthScope, wow. and uh, got through with flying colours. It's uh, congratulations, success uh, and it's always a little stressful. But, a um, little? Yeah. <laughs> It's like saying it's a little way to Pluto, yeah, you know? that's right. <laughs> and, of course, we are in early December. It's not the best time of year to be doing this kind of thing. <laughs> and what was the experience like? Well, it was, it was very positive and, mm. it, and we were one of the last organisations to go through under uh, the old oh, Equip National course, and also the first edition of the National Standards. Oh, we're wow. bookending an era here yes, of yes. five years or so of the, the National Standards First edition. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So it's good. But I've got a funny story for you oh, dear. from the summation conference. I, I don't know if a funny story and accreditation go together, but anyway, let's no, hear it. It's not the funniest story. I have another one that I'll <laughs> save up for you another time. Oh, okay. But, um, so at the summation conference uh, at the end, and then one of the surveyors started a bit of a sermon on how hospitals need to be more like the aviation industry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and nobody dies in plane crashes anymore and hospitals should be more like them, yada, yada. So my colleague turns to me and says, oh, you love that hospital airline metaphor, don't you, Kathy? <laughs> so that wasn't in a, in a quiet whisper. That was in a stage <laughs> whisper, I'm taking it from the look on your face. That, was a, very, that was a very loud, <laughs> tell the surveyors how much you like it. Whisper, and anyone who has uh, listened to all of our podcasts will know that's not one of uh, Kathy's favourite metaphors. No, it's not. Now, don't at, don't at me. Of course, <laughs> the hospitals should be uh, much much safer than they are, and also we can learn a lot from aviation. It's Indeed. just that I just I just hate the continual use of that yeah. metaphor. Um, anyway, that that that's our funny story. Yeah, and, and, uh, and how did that go down? Well, I honestly don't know if she'd forgotten whether I absolutely loved it or absolutely hated it, and she was just honestly, you know, throwing it to me for the. It wasn't a situation where I was going to make my honest opinion known. You just gave her a winning smile? Yes. Yes, lovely. But Mm. congratulations. Fantastic. Everyone out there will know. It's no mean feat. And it shouldn't be. It sh- it sh- it, if it's a walk in the park, what's the point? Oh, you know? it's really tough and, yeah. and it was tough and it was successful and we're very happy and we shall now move on to our quality quandary for today. So our quality quandary is a topic that we discuss in a great deal of detail and I think we actually have an article today, Balding. Yes, we do, mm. Jones. Um Being the end of a year, Mm. uh, I always get a bit reflective and I was thinking, uh, as I often do, and anyone who reads my newsletter will know, that at the end of a year and the beginning of the next year, I like to do a little bit of reflection on where are we? Where are we going? Are we Mm. going anywhere? In fact, are we making progress? Are we doing the same old, same old year after year Mm. and hoping for a different result? 
And I came across this article, once again, a very recent article from Health Affairs, uh, two decades since to err is human, Mm. an assessment of progress and emerging priorities in patient safety. And I thought, well, that is going to be a good reflective article. Mm. And indeed, it's a ripper. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Did, have you had a look at it? Yeah, Doug? yeah. I thought it was fantastic. It's, it's really, it's amazing. I think it's been 20 years since 20 that, years. that came out. Yeah, almost 20 years. And and of course, you know, the, the authors, uh, David Bates and Hardeep Singh, they talk about uh, the fact that Tour is Human was, uh, you know, a watershed. Mm. Uh, before that, um, we, as they say, before the report's release, many, including leaders in major healthcare organisations, simply did not understand why they should um, consider safety as a priority in their mm. organisation, that it just wasn't on people's radar. And mm. I remember that very well. You know, mm. I, I don't think the words patient safety crossed my lips till about 1990. No, not as even, soon as no, you read, later. As soon as you read to her, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I went, oh. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, they... They talk about, you know, what was in that original report that, Mm. you know, errors are common and costly. Um, They can be prevented. Safety can be improved. You know, that was kind of the the synopsis. Mm. And as they said, a lot of things changed as a result. You know, one of the things was uh, the focus on measurement and accreditation and regulation as paths to safety. Mm. The number of studies to address safety gaps increased by more than 250% over several years mm. <laughs> and many occurred in areas that had not received previous attention. So obviously that's all good. Mm. But they're not entirely happy. They say that since the report's publication, To Err is Human, it's become increasingly clear that safety issues are pervasive, uh, yes, mm. and uh, that patients are frequently injured as a result of the care they receive, yes, mm. and that... Despite all of the work that's gone in, we are still not where we should be commensurate with the effort. And, and you know, regular listeners of this podcast will know that that's not an unusual thing for us to raise. And it's mm. been raised in many articles that we've talked about. They talk about our difficulties with implementation. And they say things like um, uh, uh, effective tools might be developed and people get very excited, excited about them. But their impact, their potential to improve safety in the real world is often determined by how implementation happens. And it's not our strong suit mm. in, in, uh, in healthcare for various reasons. You know, they say leadership support and local safety culture are important determinants of whether there's adequate uptake and effect of an intervention. And we know that, Jones, don't we? There's nothing new there. If, if your leadership isn't on board, it's very difficult to get sustained change. You might get temporary change when you implement something, but sustained in the bones of the organisation change? Yeah. That's really, really tough. So I'm also rather interested that they talk about uh, the importance of uh, management in improving safety. I think this is an incredibly underdone thing Mm. in safety, you know, because we tend to talk about quality and safety as kind of that separate arm of the organisation that, you know, interacts with management, but not of management. Uh, To me, you know, if if a manager um, is uh, responsible for a service, they're responsible for a good service, a safe service. Mm. You know, it should be part of their job. But, you know, we know that that's not necessarily in the DNA of the way we think uh, in health and human services, not just healthcare, that's for sure. They say that you'll be pleased to hear, Jones, that uh, the healthcare system, you know, is drawing on scientific approaches to safety uh, from areas outside of traditional medicine, you know, such as um, uh, aviation. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, psychology and the social sciences. And once again, I think that's going to be the next big thing because we don't get between people's ears. Forget yes. it, you know, and we haven't paid enough attention to that. So I was happy to hear them, uh, to see them uh, talking about that. Uh, and the new issues they say are coming up that we really need to focus on, diagnostic error, outpatient safety, which I thought was very interesting, mm. uh, health information, technology and safety. So, you know, all the health IT uh, that's happening around the place, you know, absolutely brilliant. But as they say, there are safety issues caused by software bugs, system crashes and copying and pasting inaccurate information and, and they're mm. new things that we're having to cope with that, uh, that didn't happen when we had uh, paper records. So basically in the end they say, look, you know, we've made lots of progress with things like infections but not enough, medication safety but not enough. But there's a lot more we need to do. Um, you know, we, we haven't got on top of pressure injuries or DVT, embolism, falls, never events such as wrong patient, wrong site surgery still occur, as they say, with disturbing frequency. And their emerging priority areas are, as I mentioned before. Now, they say that the next big challenge in patient safety are strategies that enable organisations to measure and reduce harm both inside and outside the hospital, continuously and routinely. Well, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, you know, <laughs> the better measurement we can have, uh, you know, I'm all for. But I think that that really does stop short of the sorts of things that we really need to look at that we have overlooked and it's the sort of thing that um, we found in, in our research uh, mm. that I did with um, Sandy Leggett at La Trobe, which is that socialisation, as I said before, that we're using quality still as a bit of a hammer mm. often that we hit people with, you know, you've got to do this and you've got to do that, rather than socialising it with them so that it becomes something they come to work to do, to mm. create quality care, not to do quality on Tuesdays. I think that's going to be a huge challenge, but I just can't see that un until we start looking at that aspect, I just can't see that mm. we wouldn't be having the same conversation in 12 months. And James, that's, a, that's similar to what you said about embedding it in management rather than making it yes. an add-on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we talk about that, but I don't know that people really understand that that's what no. it means. No, no. It's like saying quality is everyone's responsibility and that just means we don't need the quality manager anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's usually what that's taken to mean. It's also It also means... If I don't do it, someone else will. Yeah. It's kind of convenient, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm uh, I'm all for the I am answer now. Who's responsible for quality? I am, which I is am, what yeah. every high risk industry except health yeah. and human services says. I quite like this article. Only it doesn't tell us what to do next. No, that's no. that's sometimes the problem. Although there are very nice hints, and the hints that I like here are. The references to the um, the Clabsey John Hopkins University, you know, embedding uh, prevention of bloodstream infections, yes. central line bloodstream infections across the state of Michigan. Yes. Yes. They referenced that particular. Now that was a long time ago too. That was in two thousand and six, but that was like a step up from Tour is Human. That was taking Tour is Human challenge accepted. Here, I've I've here's an example. It was next level. Yeah, yeah, and it showed it was a breakthrough, and mm. it showed what can be done. When you have a clear and specific goal and you take the evidence and you intelligently yeah. put it together and implement it well. And yeah. these things are happening all over the place. I mean, even just hand hygiene in Australia has, has reduced infections and increased, increased hand hygiene rates if you believe the auditing results. Mm -hmm. It has actually worked pretty well. So there are some good examples of the, uh, the old embed and spread, which seems to be the key. Yes. How do we embed and spread something that's proven in one place? 
embed it in the other places, not just uh, try and roll it out with a superficial program and then and spread it as far and wide as we can. Yes. That also, as we saw um, Don Berwick and Jason Leach recently talking about this uh, that's from right. the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. So I think that's really interesting, that whole embed and spread. The ideas are already there. There's no need to invent them. No, there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just not invent anything more. Let, let's, not, let's not invent one new thing yeah. in 2019. No. Let's just implement them really well. Yeah. Wouldn't that be exciting? Take what we already have. I would, I would love to see that. The other things that I took out of this particular article is uh, simulation, how important simulation can be rather mm-hmm. than just expecting trainees to uh, suck it and see. Another one, an- analysis of variation comes yes, in there as well. Definitely. Like where is that? Where are the high and the low outliers? What can we learn from the high yes. and the low? And it's not necessary to have, have dollars attached to these things. They do talk about incentives for quality and safety and how benchmarking and outlier comparison can be just as effective. Yes, they do. And they talked about the financial incentives, as we have said before ourselves, mm. Jones, that the jury's definitely out still mm. on the effectiveness of that in terms um, of changing yeah. behaviour and mm. practice. Yeah. Yep. And I had another, as I was thinking about this article, I was stuck on an aeroplane as oh. I was reading this. <laughs> another airline <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> 60 extra minutes on the tarmac. <gasps> And so, well, it's interesting because it was a very trivial, in in isolation, a very trivial issue. They told us what it was, great communication. Mm -hmm. The the pilot says, sorry, the paperwork is not yet here. There's an issue about maintenance of a luggage hatch and whether it's been completed. So they gave us a lot of detail, too much information. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? Well, maybe. (laughs) Um, No, it was good. It was uh, good to get that information. 60 extra minutes on the tarmac and I found myself wondering, there's 180 people on board here. If we gave people the choice, mm. how many of these people would have said, let's go anyway, I'm happy to take the Ooh, risk, I want to get home? How interesting. I reckon, you know, maybe 90 would have gone, happy to take the risk, let's, let's go. Let's give it a burl. Yeah, let's give it a burl. <laughs> I don't mind if we don't have the paperwork for the luggage hatch. I'm pretty sure it's already been made. So I think that's really fascinating. So in healthcare and in hospitals, we can't say no to 180 people. So they said, so basically Qantas said no to no, 180 people. Absolutely. Don't care if we're you want to take the risk. Non-negotiable. We're not going. Yeah. The non-negotiable, yeah. total safety, yes. safety first every time. Yes. Absolutely. No one questioned it. Pilot didn't question it. No. People on board accepted it. Yes. But in healthcare, we don't. No. We go, are you in the 90 that want to take a risk here on this cardiac surgery? Okay. <laughs> You've got a choice. Sign the consent form, off we go. And really, really interesting. So I've had this going through my mind as uh, this is something that isn't as simple as flying a plane. It, it's no way. <laughs> no way. I mean, I mean, I think we have to we have to give obviously we have to give credit where it's due. Mm. That safety focus is, you know, it's it's admirable. But once again, it's one of the reasons, you know, because I was going to ask you, Joan, so I'm glad we've kind of moved on to it. Mm. Why do you think we haven't made the progress as you know this article is saying that we should have given all the work and effort and commitment mm. and uh it, to me one of the reasons is we don't have the same skin in the game as yes. a pilot does. I mean, what are the consequences that, that's that's just straight up and down and and, and uh, people might say oh but if you know if a, if a staff member harms a patient they're very upset yes i would never underestimate mm. the psychological distress ever i've seen it um and and yeah absolutely devastating for everybody but it's not the same as thinking, well, if I'm flying this plane and the luggage hatch <laughs> flies off, <laughs> uh, I'm going down too, yeah. not just the people behind me. I, I do think that adds a little extra edge to the whole mm. thing. Yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting concept. It's uh, what is the risk, what is the benefit, where 
giving a few 180 people a bit of inconvenience as opposed to if we say no to those 90 people and they needed cardiac surgery, some of them are going to die anyway. Yeah, that's true. And so therefore the risk isn't as simple no, as just saying sit on the tarmac for 60 minutes. Yeah. Oh, we could get into a long, <laughs> deep rabbit hole here, Jones, from which we may never emerge. We may never emerge. <laughs> um, what about the risk? Let's take a different type of risk. What about the risk a health professional takes when they don't wash their hands? Oh, yes, that's very interesting. So the consequences are not immediate. Yep. It's a bit, that, is, that is a bit similar to sitting on the tarmac, isn't yes. it? It's about mm. skin, but not skin in the game, that one. Yes, it's definitely about skin. <laughs> we, need, we need a little bell so I can give you a little ding yeah. for that one. That's a, so we'll pay that one. Yes, we're high-fiving here. Yeah. We could well be having the same conversation this time next year about what happened after to er is human and have we made much more progress? What I happened really after do. the article after to er is yes. human? <laughs> That's right. <they're> not, <laughs> 20 yeah, years later. Might, we might be talking about another one. But yeah. the, and the other thing too is we're completely overwhelmed with compliance. Yeah. And I think in the face of that, it's very, very difficult to really think these things through because people are just running and doing. I mean, mm. I know, I'm sure you're the same, running and doing. Yeah? Well, quite often you're trying to comply with things that maybe aren't a safety priority in, yes, in, in your particular area. That's so abs- that's absolutely. also tricky. Yes. Mm. The other thing, lack of understanding of complex systems. So that mm. completely buys into what we were just saying, the whole complexity around this and, and the complexity of the way our organisations work and the way they're structured and the way they're run. I tell you what, if there's anything that makes you exercise and eat healthy, it's yes. working in hospitals. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to get anything wrong <laughs> with me um the other thing i didn't really love about this article yes, was the reference yes. to this to the uh, bronze age oh, did yes. you notice that yes, it, they, it refers to we we've just come out of the bronze oh, age uh, out of the tour is human we, we we came out of the bronze age in that period and we are we heading towards the golden age and it's like are they, do these people know their history the golden age comes before the bronze age <laughs> it's like you go girl it's like the stone age stone age Bronze Age, Iron Age oh. is the evolution here. Thank you, man. In history. And can, can I please ask why you're such an expert on the ages? <laughs> well, I knew that it wasn't quite right. I went and looked it up. The Golden mm. Age is a period uh, when great tasks were accomplished in the early Greek and Roman era when mankind lived a better time and was pure. Oh, it's pure. a purely mythical period oh, okay. that we can <laughs> never to aspire say, to. That can't be real. Although I do like um, the Golden Age of Hollywood. I, that's my <laughs> favourite era. <laughs> The 1920s to the 1960s, if we could just return to that era. Not not in healthcare, but maybe just in, in movies. Anyway. It was it was a fine time. And of course, your um, Hitchcock podcast. Yeah, that's right. Is, it, how's that going? It focuses very much on that era and yeah. we are just about to, uh, I think it's The Man Who Knew Too Much is Ooh, the next, uh, nice. next movie. Yeah. Have, you're having fun with it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good fun, yeah. As a final point, I feel like we're just stuck in the Middle Ages, Paul. <laughs> the Middle Ages, <laughs> In the Middle Ages, <laughs> along with all our listeners. Yeah, I do feel a bit like that, I have to say. But let's break through, people. Let's say 2019 is going to be the year. The breakthrough we, year. We do one thing differently. Just the one. 20th anniversary of Tour is Human. Yeah, come on, we can do it. We can. Yeah. In the meantime, let us move on to our next segment. So here we are balding in the too long didn't read category and and guess what I have been reading for my too long didn't read segment and balding's holding up a book here. It is a book called The Point of Care, how one leader took a health service from ordinary to extraordinary and it is a business fiction by Kathy Balding. (gasps) And, <laughs> Do you know this author, Kathy? And never heard of her, <laughs> and don't want to. Um, I note, Jones, that um, 
we're uh, we're raising this particular book in the too long didn't read segment, <laughs> not the did read do read segment. No, that's right. Oh dear, that's uh, it is definitely in the did read do read. This section. is Jones. This is Jones's revenge. I, I have read it, and it is a wonderful book. And we are actually going to give you a little snippet of it today. We but are. first of all, I want to tell people what business fiction is. Yes, would you? Could you explain it to me? <laughs> well, I had to look this up as well. I've been on on Doctor Google all day today, looking up golden ages. While you're on the plane, uh, yeah, and business. That's right, stuck on the tarmac. <laughs> business fiction is distinguished from general fiction because it's a novel. The plot's major conflicts are driven by business issues, uh-huh. and the major characters in the novel are executives, managers, directors, employees or investors in a business. Absolutely. And that is the point of care, my dear. That is the point of care. Yes. Let me just talk about why one would write yes. a business Yes, fiction. go on then. Why yep. would you put yourself through it, you know, unless you're just a, just a, a little bit, you're just a, a, a little bit nuts about, um, about quality and safety. The reason um, I decided to do this, Jones, well, it's two reasons actually. Mm. The first one is that when I um, finished my previous book, which is my second technical book, Create a Great Quality System, in six months, I gave it to my stepmother, who's a retired director of nursing, and she went, oh, that's nice. Maybe one day you'll write a book we want to read. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) And I went, oh. Talk about a burn there. (laughs) My goodness. Oh, you know, nurses. (laughs) <laughs> and so, Brutal. and so, this little seed was sown <laughs> after I got over, you know, my um, after I wiped my eyes and whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, she, she was only kidding, half kidding. <laughs> and I thought, gee, that's a really good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, so I've been thinking about it for a while, and about a year ago, I got stuck into it. I had mm. a bit of an inspiration about how I might do it. And the idea is to put all my best tips, strategies, thoughts. Mm tools, experience and research in one place in a story that makes it a little bit palatable. So it's a little bit of spoonful of sugar. Yeah. (laughs) Helps the medicine go down. And um, in fact, once I started writing, it was tremendous fun Mm. to write. A lot of people will think it's them. I can assure people there was no one in particular in my (laughs) mind when I wrote it. No one will believe me, but it's true. In fact, what I saw interestingly was kind of a lot of faceless avatars mm. of personalities that keep coming up over and over and over. If you think about your career, yeah. the mm. same characters come up over and over and Repetitive over Repetitive people all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah all the time. Mm. And all the conversations I've ever had around any table <laughs> in any health service mm. or aged care service or anywhere I've ever done any work or, or been the quality director – um, just came flooding back. Yes. Really? So, Fantastic. So, so it was a really fun thing to write and it's basically the story of how Carol, the CEO, mm. uh, she um, comes back to her uh, hometown, not quite her hometown, but where she went to, um, uh, to uni and where she went to uh, high school to be the CEO of Kinsley Valley Health Service. Mm. And Kinsley Valley has, has fallen in a great big hole <laughs> and they've had a... a an uh, external review of poor care in the medical unit mm. and uh, the medical patients have had a pretty bad time and they've had a terrible accreditation result. Oh, dear. So Carol rocks up and she's confronted by all these problems mm. and the executive is not uh, – they're not all that um, thrilled <laughs> to have Carol mm. there uh, trying to pull them up by their bootstraps. And it's the story of what she does and uh, how she goes about it and her wins and her losses mm. and her – 
her trials and her triumphs and how not everyone is excited about Carol's plans and not everyone buys into where she's trying to go. And, and some and people every good like to book, want to go somewhere else. That's right. Every good book has conflict and there's yes. this bunch of resistors who are in there that will – it's great fun to read about them when you don't have to deal with yes. them yourself. <laughs> exactly. Think of it that way, yeah. people. <laughs> it's the relief of being able to read about someone else's problems. Yes. <laughs> and the hope that maybe she will triumph in the yeah. end Yay. and it will be a happier story that's than right. what they're dealing with at work. That's exactly right. It is fiction, you know, Jane. <laughs> it's fiction. It's, it's really Realistic fiction. There's yes. a lot of trials and tribulations, lots of conflict in the story, and uh, it does talk about what you should be doing if yes. you are Carol or a Carol-style role. Any any role in an organisation mm. could be Carol. Mm. And, mm. and also, there's the quality director, yeah. and the whole exec is is there, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, so, and the board, of course. Yes. Yeah. So we've got the board, the exec, uh, the quality director. And some clinical leaders, yes. as you would have. I must say, to figure the board, all this out. the board is very realistic. <laughs> You've had a lot to do with healthcare <laughs> boards, haven't you? There's an archetype. Just a little. There's, there's a few archetypes on a healthcare board, and you nailed them all. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks. Thank you. And and you know that was the stuff that was easy writing the yeah. writing the kind of what you what you need to do. That's that's always hard because you've got to get it right. Yeah. But writing those scenes and writing those yeah. characters was so easy. It just flows because that's right. Mm. Exactly, Jones. You've seen them over and over and over again. Yeah. You can hear them. I can hear them in my head, you know. Yeah. yeah. So good fun and thank you very much, Jones, for your kind words. I appreciate it very much. And go get them, baby. You can um, – it is available on uh, Amazon. The hard copy is yep. available on Amazon. And also there's a Kindle ebook on Amazon. But if you prefer, prefer PDF, you can get that on my website, kathybalding.com. Ah, so yes. the point of care is what you search for on Amazon yes. or you search for Kathy well, Balding's well, the name? Care, the point of care, Kathy Balding, is yep. probably because even though, Jones, I did make number 67 in the total quality management books today. <laughs> <Hey>, woohoo! <laughs> I know. <laughs> and number 10 in the Kindle ebook. TQM books, so I figure there probably aren't that many TQM books. <laughs> There's more than 10, though. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I can't vouch for that. But uh, yes, yes, that's right. So you can hop up, hop on uh, the, the, the Point of Care and uh, Kathy Balding and you will find it. Uh, but as I said, some people just prefer a PDF uh, if mm. they don't have a Kindle. I think the Kindle's fine for um, Apple products yes, because it's got, yeah, the, it's got good. the download but uh, yeah good old pdf if you're on windows uh and you have a windows device at pc it's probably better that's on my website so thank you for the opportunity to plug it yes <laughs> and this is christmas reading for everyone yeah. and this is a uh, if, if you have a department where you have to buy a christmas present for your, <laughs> your colleagues i think you could go no better than to purchase this for your entire team do you give this to the people you like or the people you're not so fond of? Yes, though? all of them. Yeah, okay. All of and them. Let them sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> With a little inscription at the front, I think you're John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I think you're... <laughs> you are Anne. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's... Uh, that helpful. would be a fun thing to do. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to do... We're going to do a reading, so. aren't we? All right. I think. Let's do it. Yeah, for our for our tenth anniversary Christmas special, yes. let's do a little reading. It's a little, it's a Christmas Carol. It's a story. It is a Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're on fire tonight, Jane. Um, a Christmas Carol. So what's happened? Let me just set the scene. What's happened up until here is uh, Carol has taken her executive away on a little um, planning couple of days mm-hmm. at a winery, which is um, a couple of hours away from uh, the hospital, 
and uh, they've been discussing defining high quality care and what it is at Kinsley Valley and the uh, Executive Director of uh, Medical Services and uh, Chief Medical Officer, Dr Anne Bixton, has cracked it basically Mm. and said she's not interested in this gobbledygook. Mm -mm. Uh, She's got better things to do and so should the rest of them. Mm. And so she left the planning session and went downstairs to catch up on her phone calls and more or less said, call me when this quality bit's over so we can get down to business. She didn't go downstairs to the bar? I know. It's the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I would say definitely. And so Carol has taken a break and she's gone going downstairs to find Anne to find out what's Mm. going on. So Carol's the CEO, Anne is the Chief Medical Officer. And they're still in the winery. And they are still in the winery and uh, and Carol is off down the stairs to find Anne. So I'm going to play Anne and uh, Jones is going to play Carol. Yes, and you'll be the narrator as well. So chapter two, off we go. Let's go. Carol breathed deeply as she descended the stairs in search of Anne. She found her sitting in a corner of the deserted lobby, looking at her phone. Uh, May I? Carol indicated the chair opposite Anne. Of course. Anne's reply was yes, but her slight turn away from Carol's chair signalled, if you must. Carol opened her mouth to speak, but Anne beat her to it. No one who saw us in action this morning would know we have a busy hospital to run, she began. Why we had to come all the way out here to talk rubbish is beyond me. Seb, the previous CEO, was perfectly happy with a hotel in town if we needed to get away from the hospital to discuss something. He didn't feel the need to splurge on wineries and overnight stays. Carol couldn't help but smile on the inside. It was hardly a splurge given that the decisions they made in the next two days would directly influence the health service's direction, progress and success over the next three years. She was convinced of the value of getting away from the workplace to refocus and reframe and had deliberately chosen a small winery far enough away from Kinsley Valley to necessitate an, over- an overnight stay. It was a lovely old place. The recently refurbished conference room boasted balcony views over the vineyard and comfortably contained 12 people around a large wooden table, two whiteboards and a screen. Basic but comfortable accommodation rounded out the package. Rosie, her EA, had recommended it because of the moderate cost and also because the winery frequently supported Kinsley Valley Health Service by donating wine and hampers for fundraising events. But it was useless trying to explain any of this and she suspected that Anne's complaint about the venue was just a preamble to the real issue anyway. She didn't have to suspect for long. I'll be honest with you, Carol. If this is what you're going to be about as a CEO, I'm not going to like it. Carol rather thought she already featured on Anne's thing, uh, list of uh, things to dislike and that this morning's discussions had merely cemented her place in the top ten. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that way, but let's cut to the nub of the issue. The safety and quality of care at Kinsley Valley are not close to where they should be. Anne rolled her eyes as if to say, here we go again. But Carol continued, unfazed. There's a lot of work to be done, but none of that can happen unless and until we take responsibility for the problems and commit as a team to fix them. What we need is a whole of organisation approach to creating great care for every single patient. And that's impossible to achieve without a whole of executive team approach to leading it. Anne's voice rose. Why should we take responsibility for the poor care in one service? What happened to people being responsible for their own actions? All this no-blame business lets people get away with whatever they like. And somehow that's our problem. She leaned forward and wrapped the table between them with her knuckles. 
Look, Carol, I don't think you really understand rural hospitals. You're not a doctor, and you've been working in the city for a long time. We do things differently here. We don't need all these formal processes and rules and compliance. We all just get on and do our best. We did it like that before you, and we'll keep doing it after you're gone. Carol paused before responding. It doesn't matter if we're the biggest or the smallest health service in the country. Those doctors on the medical ward should not have been allowed to work outside their scope for so long. Patients were harmed unnecessarily because no one was game to take them on. It took the patients' and families' complaints to the minister to get anyone to pay attention. Yes, the people involved in what went on over the past couple of years are answering for their actions in various ways. But ultimately, it is the executive's job not to get into that situation in the first place. That's our role on behalf of the board and our community. She waited for the expected counterattack from Anne, but there was silence. And, for the record, no, I'm not a doctor and I don't pretend to be, not a medical doctor anyway. But I do know how clinical care works as a physiotherapist and I do know how to lead and manage a health service to make it successful as a health service manager. That's what I'm here to do at Kinley Valley. Where, by the way, I started my career as a junior physio and worked my way up to managing the department before leaving. I know how important this health service is to this community and I love rural health. I wouldn't be back here if I didn't. That's all very well, but that's no guarantee that you won't make a mess of things. No doubt you've got some big restructure plan that will throw the place into turmoil. Every new CEO does. I don't want any part of it. Carol nodded slowly. Yes, the temptation for a new CEO is to restructure and it's strong and I agree. But no, not now. I'd rather put all that time and effort into helping people to better enact their current roles. I can't promise not to tweak here and there, but there won't be a major restructure. Anne raised her chin at this unexpected parry from Carol, but said nothing. We might as well be clear about our relative positions. If you want to be part of the work this executive team has in front of it over the next few years and if you're prepared to make some tough decisions and drive some big changes among the medical staff, I'm more than happy to support you. I know how much the doctors respect you and that's a very precious asset. However, if you can't fully commit to this new direction and priorities we're here to develop over the next two days, then we'll have to have a difficult conversation. The corners of Anne's mouth twitched. Oh, a difficult conversation. Not like the delightful chat we're having now. (laughs) I can't do what needs to be done without every one of us rowing in the same direction. I've tried it before in other organisations and it just doesn't work. Turning a health service around needs more than a half-hearted lip service. Anyway, time to get back. Are you coming or would you like some time to think about it? Anne gazed out the glass doors in silence. Carol took some deep breaths as she waited. The ball was firmly in Anne's court now. A minute passed before Anne turned back to Carol, her mouth set. No, I don't need time to think about it. I've thought about it. Finding the right time to retire is usually tricky, but in this instance you've done me a favour and made it easy. I've been watching you this past month and I can see you mean business. Oh, I know, KVHS needs to change. I'm not blind to its faults, but I'm not interested in investing my time in more management work. I have many friends among the medical staff and I'm not going to jeopardise that for a CEO who may not last very long anyway. You'll have my formal resignation on your desk when you get back to work on Monday. Goodbye, Carol. She rose, picked up her bag and hunted for her car keys. I'm sorry to hear that. Carol's response was genuine. 
In a funny sort of way, she had grown to like the feisty, straight-shooting CMO. But at the same time, she had reservations about Anne's ability to lead the clinical practice changes required to support the quality of care she wanted KVHS to be known for. I'll respect your decision, whatever it is. But sleep on it before you write that letter, just in case you change your mind. I will. And don't worry, I won't go back to the hospital now and cause a stir. Hilary and I have a weekender about an hour from here. I'll go there and prepare my reports for the Board Quality and Clinical Governance Committee. Yes, I know they're late. Rosie has been at me for days. But at least this way she'll have them tomorrow instead of Monday. And no, Anne caught Carol's sceptical glance, this is not a ruse to find time for writing committee reports. Having said that, it's worked out rather well, hasn't it? Carol felt a stab of annoyance as she watched her CMO walk out with what looked like suspiciously a spring in her, st- in her step. Had Anne picked a fight to get this precise result? She shook her head. No point being paranoid. She'd take Anne at her word and see what happened on Monday. She sighed and turned to climb the stairs back to the conference room. Great start. What will I do for an encore? <laughs> Yay! Hooray! <laughs> that is the end of that scene. Wow, a start of chapter two. And how many chapters in the book altogether, Balding? Fourteen. My goodness. Yes, the fun never stops. <laughs> wow. How many other people does she get rid of? I can't <laughs> wait to know. <laughs> well, you'll just have to read the book, Jones. <laughs> yes. So, all good fun and, uh, and I hope people really enjoy it. It is meant to be a bit of fun as well as... Uh, hopefully a few useful things in there as well. So yeah. uh, thanks, jo- jo- Jones. That was really good fun. Everyone's just really tempted to go, what happens when she goes back upstairs? Yes. <laughs> we could keep going. Oh, my God, this CEO comes back and this CMO's already gone. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it is worth reading, people. Everyone needs to get this book. Buy the book. Ah, Jones, buy the book. we got to buy the book. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. And... Uh, I think it's time to move on. It is. Let's move on. So here we are in another segment and this is the uh, quality hack or the life hack, a tip for your work life for this time of year, the end of the year or the start of the new year when you're listening to our podcast. Again, thank you for listening. And Balding has some actions, three actions for your role and something to think about for 2019. Indeed, Jones, yes. Uh, uh, Continuing on with our theme of let's do things a little differently or let's let's not keep doing the same things in 2019 and expecting a different result. Mm. Um, here's some thoughts about what you could do both for your role if you're a quality leader and also for your quality system that might shift a few things and maybe get you somewhere differently than uh, than perhaps you've got this year or you might want to achieve something specific and this will help you to do that. Because uh, we've discussed this before, Jones, Mm. we see a lot of people very stuck in their roles, Mm. a lot of people who aren't quite sure that this is what they signed up for Mm. and they're doing a whole bunch of stuff and they feel like the spare pair of hands in the organisation. So if you feel like that or if you're in danger of slipping into that, don't do it or do something about it. So here's 
uh, a, a few little tips uh, that uh, that you can uh, d- decide to do to take some positive action to get you out of that quicksand, that whirlpool of, um, of, of stuckness. So first we're talking about your role. So if you're yes. out there in a quality uh, role, uh, what what uh, do you suggest, Balding, for three three tips for your quality role? Well, I would love to see people go to their boss, get some time with them, either at the end of this year, it might be getting a bit close to the end of this year now, or, or the beginning of next year, as soon as you can, and clarify the defin- definition of success of your role. So not of the quality system, but your role. So in 12 months' time, what will be the things that you expect of me, you, you know, you can say to your manager, your boss, that will make you see my role as successful, that mm. I've had a successful year. And that has to, some of that has to have something to do with what gives your role meaning and purpose for you. Because if you're running around doing meeting other people's expectations and none of the role gives you any satisfaction, mm. that's when people get burnt out, um, cranky, mm. <laughs> tired and not very effective. Yeah. And we see it a lot. And, th- and sometimes quality managers can take that out on other people uh, and, uh, and it's just not good all around. So you can also say to your boss, well, I'd like to increase the meaning and the purpose of my role. I'd like it to have a bit more meaning for me. How mm. could we do that? And also meet the definition of success. And meet the purpose of whatever organisation you're working Correct. for. So it's all of that exactly. has to line up nicely. It's, yes, yes. And it's look, it's worth mm. spending mm. a few hours on it to have a happier year. Yeah. Yep. And you can also talk about what's currently working and what's not with the role, have that conversation. Mm. And, and, and think about it with that particular one, what's currently not working. What's the worst thing that happened to you in your role this year? Oh, that's nice. So just that one thing that really stuffed up your whole month or when you look back on the year, can you pick that one thing out that, that really made you unhappy yeah. and make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah, that's great. That is great advice, mm. Jones, actually, uh, because too often we gloss it over and say, oh, well, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I coped with it let's keep mm. going but yeah better not we'll block it out but yeah yeah we're good at that we're really good at that better yeah. not to I think that's great advice and then part of your a definition of success of course is what are the deliverables for 2019 and they mm. have to be really specific not just improve quality you know <laughs> really let's be really specific so you're very very clear about what you're working towards we know people are happier when they have very specific roles mm. and very specific things to achieve. And do you think these should be outcome focused? So we know that for a, for a quality manager, for example, one of your roles might be to pass accreditation. Yes. And that is actually not a bad goal yes, it's, because it's very specific, it's very specific and <laughs> yes. when it's done, you know, it's done. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, it's quite a big ticket item, but, yeah. it, and, and it's, it's, it's a pretty obvious one, but what are some other specific ones? So, so you need to think about, are these outcome focused? Do, so do we need to, as an organisation, improve our patient experience scores? Yes. By how much this year? Yes. Now that is a great example, Jones, yeah. because the next part of this is when you're talking about deliverables, you've got to be really clear about what is in your circle of control mm. and what is in your circle of influence. Yeah. Because including um, improving those scores... Not all of that is in the control of equality. Lead. I know. You're not actually delivering the care no, to those patients. precisely. Mm. So I think this is where uh, people in quality roles get really, really stuck because they take things on that they can't control. Mm. So having that conversation with the boss saying, right, which bit of that is the bit that I have to do yeah. and which bit of that do other people have to do and who are they and what do they do? So mm. that's the managers. That's mm. the managers, the way they manage their service and their staff. Mm. And what role do I have in helping to make those scores better than they were, you know, last year? Yep. Don't just say, oh, okay. 
say, no, 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 all right, there's mm. some of this I can real, yeah, some of this I can do, but there's some of it I can't mm. and I need your help, you know. Mm. So I think that that's a very important tip. We don't do it any, anywhere near, near enough. Mm. Then have a look at your PD and say, right, my responsibilities, three buckets. Bucket A, things that will progress and achieve the deliverables that we've discussed with the mm. boss. Bucket B, things that we must do to achieve compliance that we mm. may not have discussed. Bucket C, things that fit neither A nor B. Meet with your boss again and discuss what to do with bucket C. <laughs> because <laughs> you shouldn't be doing things that aren't, C. That, that aren't adding value to a, bucket A or bucket B. And yeah. it's very easy to get stuck doing That's those right. Things. Empty that bucket. Empty that bucket, baby. <laughs> Turn it over. <laughs> Turn it over and sit on it. Yeah. yeah. And you'll be, you'll be a happy person. And the third one is commit to increasing your skills in one area. I don't mind what it is, mm. but the, the more skills you have, the happier you feel. People love mastery. They love purpose. Mm. They love autonomy and they love mastery. Mm. And it will make you, it'll make you happier in your role. So it might be anything from Excel to report writing, perhaps public speaking or perhaps mm. some very specific skill that's, that's relevant in your, in your service. Please, please, please commit to improving one thing because you'll, the effort will be worth it. You mm. will enjoy your role a lot more. I can guarantee that, people. Uh, and then the other thing uh, I was just going to mention briefly is do exactly the same then for your quality system. Hmm. Exactly, pretty much exactly the same. Go through the same steps except do it with the quality committee, hmm. the board quality committee instead of with the boss. The boss all should be there at the board quality committee. And talk about what are the deliverables and the definition of success for your quality system. Who is responsible for what? Because you hmm. can't take all that on because you can't control all the things that need to be controlled to uh, achieve all those deliverables. So mm. have that conversation. Don't set yourself up by saying, yes, 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 I can do all that, when clearly you can't. Mm. And you you will find, we may find you curled up in a corner of your office one day, <laughs> rocking. <laughs> so just some very brief tips there, Jones, for thinking about how do you make 2019 more dynamic, more interesting, more fun, yep. more enjoyable and still get the job done. And there has to be a day in January when you don't have a meeting to go to that you would normally go exactly. to in February and you can you can spend that time just having a bit of a think about this Precisely. and go, go somewhere green, go out into the park yeah, nice. with your notebook, yep. paper and pen, yep. leave your phone behind yep. and have a good think about those things. Yep. And uh, there's a resource on your website, Balding, uh, the one-page quality there system is. performance assessment tool. That is true. That's yes. available for you. So go there, check it out on the website which is uh, kathybalding.com yes there we go now we shall uh, I think we'll finish up balding Jones that um, that flew didn't it (laughs) it did (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's play some music let's do that and the wonderful music this year of course brought to you by uh, balding's uh, organ yes Which did it all by itself. Yeah, say. absolutely. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It's become sentient. It's going to take over the world. As, as, I, as I always say, Jones is the, uh, the brains of this operation. I provide the entertainment, pretty much. <laughs> You're the music. <laughs> the music. So do we have a quote for the oh, end of the... Do we have a quote? Mm. And of course, uh, commensurate with our discussion... Uh, uh, Jones, it has to be a, a quote from the point of care. I'm just indulging myself for one episode here. Is this a quote here. from Christmas Carol? <laughs> Christmas, <it is laughs> Christmas quote, Carol herself. It is a quote from Christmas Carol, the CEO uh, of Kinsley Valley Health Service. Yeah. Good care is more than the absence of bad.
Oh, what a lovely quote. Deep. Jones is deep. Yes, it is deep. It's very meta to have a quote from a fictional book. <laughs> I know. It's actually, it's doing it's my head in. It's actually your quote as well. I think my head might be imploding. I think we should stop. That's good. We will stop and we'll wish you a quality month and a very happy year and a happy Christmas for everybody from uh, the Quality Cats. I'm Jones. And I'm Balding. Thank you for listening this year. We've enjoyed it. We hope you have too. And we look forward to talking to you again in 2019. See you later.